As more formerly furloughed feds filter back to work, no doubt they're finding all sorts of piled-up work, both pressing and trivial. To help you with that backlog, the Partnership for Public Service has put together a 10-step plan and a special reopen checklist. Here with more, the Partnership's Margot Conrad, Director of Federal Workforce Programs. And Margot, as we speak, people are still really getting back to work. I guess most returned on Monday, but people are still getting there for the first time. Tell us about the checklist. Sure. So you're right. The federal employees are, are finally coming back to the office this week um, after 35 days of um, the partial government shutdown. And this is a big transition period. And there's also a lot of uncertainty because there's the potential for another shutdown on February 15th if Congress and the president can't come to a resolution on the budget. So the Partnership for Public Service has put together a couple of resources that we hope will be helpful for both senior leaders in government and supervisors as they think about welcoming these new employees back to their offices and they think about what are some of those critical steps over the next week to two weeks that they can do to help employees get up to speed. Point number 10, return to the mission without adding more work. That seems to be the most practical piece of advice on there. What do you mean by that? At this point, what's really critical is that federal employees, I mean, they they work because they care about the mission. And it's really important for leaders and supervisors to help uh, federal employees understand how their work contributes to that broader mission. And supervisors can really play a critical role in helping their employees figure out how to prioritize the many demands that are going to be piling up right now and figure out what is most critical in terms of being able to really deliver the critical missions for the American people. And I think the other good piece of advice is to rethink the annual cycle. That's point number seven. Attempting to force a business-as-usual approach after the shutdown will lead to even more disruptions. Let's talk about that point for a moment. Sure. So obviously, you know, everything has been disrupted here, and we're hearing all sorts of stories uh, that the media is publishing about um, what this means for agencies' abilities to deliver on their missions. And I think it's important right now that, you know, we take a step back and realize that, um, you know, timelines may have changed, things may need to be reprioritized, work may have shifted, um, and, you know, it's not necessarily going to be business as usual. And so that's, again, why it's so important for leaders to set the tone and supervisors to work really closely with their employees to try to figure out, you know, what is the most critical work that needs to be accomplished um, and how can they put together a a plan that will uh, work best for employees and, and the organization. Because some deadlines might have slipped. Say you have a rulemaking process that was interrupted for 35 days and there are statutory requirements for timeframes in rulemaking. It might be that you have to start over and forget about the old cycle. Exactly. So I think there's going to be a lot of challenges like that. And it's, I think patience is important at this point. I think recognizing that right now uh, employees and their supervisors may not have all the answers, um, but trying to figure out, again, what are the things that are the most critical? What are the priorities that um, must be adhered to and the deadlines that must be adhered to in order to, uh, to meet the critical mission? And there's a lot of human factors in here. One that I really like as a uh, dyed-in-the-wool neatnik is to prioritize building cleanup. Yes. So we do. We hear some stories about folks who uh, are coming back to offices and there are refrigerators that are uh, smelling very terrible because there's food that has 
you know, developed mold over the last few weeks, uh, we, you know, plants that have died. So there are some physical care elements um, to the physical space that are really important. And so I think prioritizing just making sure that coming back, cleaning up the space, making sure that employees um, have access to their computers, that everything is up and running. Those are some, some ways to really help support the workforce and make sure that they're able to readjust and reintegrate and get back to work quickly. We're speaking with Margot Conrad, Director of Federal Workforce Programs at the Partnership for Public Service. And that's one list, your 10-point list. And then there's a ready-to-reopen checklist. I guess we're reopened already, but you've got advice for senior leaders as well as supervisors and even the employees themselves. Yes, absolutely. So there are a number of things that hopefully have already happened. So um, one thing that we have highly encouraged leaders across government, senior leaders, is to welcome employees on their first day back and to greet employees as they come into their offices. Um, And so we've heard of some stories of agencies who have started to do that, which is really terrific. But there are a lot of things that senior leaders can do throughout this first week and even into next week to recognize employees, to work with their supervisors to get employee input into this process. There's a lot of questions that employees have about their access to benefits. They have a lot of anxiety about the potential for another shutdown. Um, They may have had um, their own financial hardships that they've experienced during this period. So leaders and supervisors can really do a lot to solicit feedback from their employees, to to take an active listening approach, and to just be honest if they don't know all the, the answers to the questions that they'll, they'll try to find out and to serve as a resource. And I was looking at several of the agency's websites in their reopening pages, and they ranged from literally having nothing of value for information, just a statement from the acting secretary, all the way to really big, long lists of FAQs with detailed information. It seems like that's something that agencies need to pay attention to for the next several weeks is answering all the questions online in a cogent way. Communication is really key here, and it's about not just communicating clearly, but being consistent. And that's why it's important for, from the very top, for messages and talking points to be shared with frontline supervisors who can then in turn serve as resources to their employees about questions they may have about when they're going to receive their paychecks to um, anything related to the benefits to meeting important uh, mission deadlines. So I think having that communication is key. We've also heard that it's really important for employees to have, you know, tips in hand their first day or their first week back because sometimes with computers, if you're not able to get logged on or there are restart up challenges, even just greeting employees with an in-hand hard copy of some tips for their first week back is really essential. Because ultimately, the agencies have to take care of their constituencies. So I guess the theme here is if you as management take care of the employees, they'll be in a much better position to take care of the public mission that they've got to get restarted. That's exactly right. And one other point I would make that I think is really important is that um, this is something I know that HR is going to be focused on, but leadership should be focused on this as well, which is that there's likely going to be attrition that's going to happen, and there's going to be a need for additional workforce planning. And I think, first and foremost, supervisors can do a lot through state interviews and things like that to try to encourage uh, employees to not make any rash decisions to leave the workforce and to try to work with them and hear their input and answer their questions. But inevitably, there may be some attrition, and that's going to require broader workforce planning. 
On the flip side, many of these agencies have had, you know, applications on their website, and it's really critical that agencies in very short order start communicating with the public and applicants about where they stand in the application process, if there are going to be any delays in processing, because that's the future of the workforce and we don't want to lose that talent pipeline. So the message should go out, come join us, we're paying again. Terrific. I mean, I'll be honest with you. We got a message from the State Department on Monday. They sent out a notice about um, their student positions and internships and their applications are open. So I thought that was a, a very timely message. You know, a lot of agencies are thinking about, you know, their touch points back with colleges and universities and would encourage them to to get the message out and make it clear about make it clear to applicants about where they stand in the process. All right. Time for a little adulting. Margo Conrad is Director of Federal Workforce Programs at the Partnership for Public Service. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. We'll post links to the plan and to the checklist and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, Always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. 